Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. It's been uh, just a little over a week since we capped things off from the Supercarts USA Super Nationals in Las Vegas, the 23rd running of that amazing event. And after taking four or five days off through the Thanksgiving holiday weekend to kind of decompress and, and fire up for this new week, I'm back. David Cole's back. Again, my name's Rob Howden. This is the debrief uh, of the Super Nats, episode number 60. It is Monday. December the 2nd. We were into the final month of the 2019 calendar. Uh, excited to get on to things here and, and look, start looking at 2020. Uh, but again, David Cole and I getting ready to give you what will be a pretty long podcast, I think. we got a lot to talk about uh, from the Supernats, all the action, of course, the 12 categories. So quite a bit to go through in this edition of the debrief. Uh, we, we're glad you're tuning in. Today's show is being presented by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-7223. All right, David Cole, welcome to the show, buddy. It's uh, we're a week from the Supernats, but uh, wow, what a race it was! It was, it was uh, one to remember. It was the twenty third episode of the Supernationals. Pretty exciting uh, from start to finish. Obviously, with the way uh, everything kind of unfolded with the opening two days of of seeing wet weather, which is yeah. something we haven't seen in since what two thousand thirteen of the original Soggy Nats. um so it's been a while since we saw that so wednesday and thursday were quite interesting thankfully the weather forecast turned for the better for the remainder of the weekend we had uh clear skies friday saturday and sunday so it it took away that uh that uh, angle of uh, drama but uh still on track crazy exciting moments uh throughout the week yeah, it was exciting, right? Lots of lots of last lap passes for the race win, which made, makes things exciting. We had guys coming from deeper in the field after issues in qualifying. Of course, we'll talk all about that when we go class by class. Uh, I thought we did uh, we had a, a solid week for us, David, in terms of our our uh, our coverage or EK and Trackside live coverage, which was of course presented by the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Um, we we're you know we doing all our our. Live stuff every night. The Facebook Live debriefs were a lot of fun, uh, even though we kind of ran out of power on Super Sunday. My season, my phone wasn't fully charged up, which was an error on my part. But all in all, it's a pretty good coverage and a lot of great feedback from people too. Yeah, that was a equipment malfunction. We just, uh, I my cell phone wasn't even alive. I think as well too, so I had to charge that up. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So it was a little bit of, of a chaotic because Sunday is just so long for us, though, because we're at the track eight a.m. And opening ceremonies begin at 10. So it's like, and then from, from 1030 to, uh, I think what, five o'clock we were trackside. So, um, it's yeah, a, it's a it. nonstop thing. You got to have your cell phone on you. Cause you keep going back and forth, back and forth between, uh, our, our Cooper tire tower and the, uh, and the podium ceremony, which is right on the racetrack. So it's, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of activity for just, just the three of us. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. At least you did a great job with the social media as well. Uh, let's look at the numbers, Dave. Uh, all, all told, 502. I think they rolled in with about 490. Ended up going about 502, over 500. Uh, overall, uh, most of the categories down a couple. 
Uh, a number were up, but some, some just down a couple. Obviously, the uh, the numbers, I'm going to say resurgence isn't the word, more like the continuing growth of KA100. Big numbers, you know, they went up in junior, up in senior. Pretty impressive. That KA100 category really has become a big part of the SCUSA program. You knew that was going to be the two categories that sold out if they were going to sell out, and they yeah. did. And they, you know, they did. That's the one thing SCUSA did this year. They, they typically did the 44, and that was it, no matter what. And then if people dropped, people dropped, and they didn't add them. Well, this year they kind of kept a buffer. Um, hope you know, thinking people were going to drop out. Well, K100 senior, nobody dropped out, and they had 50. Exactly. Uh, K100 junior, they had 49. So it, it went above that 44 limit uh, that they typically set. Um, but again, we're we're at a long track. It's it's the super nationals. We're allowed to have kind of these big fields, which is fine. Um, drivers who struggle might, might not exactly enjoy it because it means more people they got to pass, uh, in order to get back towards, towards the front half of the field. So, um, but yeah, we knew numbers wise, it was, it's been growing, as you said, a consistent growth throughout the year. We knew it was going to be big in, in Vegas. What I thought was interesting was, were the pro shifter. Obviously everybody was watching what was going to happen in the transition from the stock Honda to the IAMI SSE motor uh, in the pro shifter category, pretty much the same, right? There was 38 drivers last year. There ended up being uh, 39 in total in the split pro one and pro two class. The biggest drop was obviously in, in the master shifters, uh, David, there was 15 G ones and, and, uh, and six G twos, only 21 down from 35 in total last year. But again, this program just continues to grow. Uh, more drivers sign on. It's really the first year of the program to a certain extent. And uh, I thought they were probably pretty happy with an almost full grid of, of, of pro shifters in that class. Well, it's a, it's a little bit of, I hate to say I told you so, but that's what we expected going into this year when they made yeah. that move from from the, the stock Honda to the 175 in the master's category. It's like you got to give these guys a little bit of time and space because everybody knew it was coming for the pro guys. And, and so they, they've had no issues jumping over, uh, into the new power plant where some of the masters guys, you know, they, they're a bit older, some are wiser, some are not, you know, depends on who you're talking to, but, (laughs) but they're, you know, some people are, are, are set in their ways. And, and if, if you're not going to give them that, that amount of time to, to make that transition over it, they're just going to go somewhere else. And I think that's kind of what we saw. So that's where we're really struggling numbers wise. I mean, we saw it all year long with, with G one and G two having low numbers on the pro tour. We haven't seen exactly any big numbers anywhere um, regionally wise for, for that cat, for those categories. So again, that's something that's going to have to be the focus for Supercarts USA going into 2020. Agreed. Agreed. So overall numbers a little bit down, but still anytime you're over top of that 500 mark, you know, you, you know, it's a super nats, you know, it's a major event. Well, folks, we're going to jump into our first break in the action here. Then we'll come back. It's time to start uh, looking at the paddock pass, but stay with us more to come. The debrief of the super nationals here on the EKN radio network. Looking for that extra edge. Comet racing engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels and different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock Engines. 
Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. Carts, parts, engines, tires, and tools. At SharkShifter.com, what you need is just a click away. We carry the biggest names and chassis, like Tony Cart and FA, DR Cart, CRG, and VLR. We have new chassis and all the parts you need. At SharkShifter.com, we also stock top quality replacement parts from Swift Components, like axles, sprockets, and hubs. We have the inventory you need for your stock Honda as well, from cylinders, heads, and engine parts, to reeds, exhaust pipes, ignition covers, radiators, air filters, and air boxes. We build our own billet aluminum components as well, including motor mounts and clutch levers. Need to add to your toolbox? We offer alignment tools, brake, battery, and exhaust tools, tire gauges, and hand tools. Stop messing around getting your seat in the right position. We have a seat mounting system that makes it easy. Check the website for monthly specials. If you need it, we can get it to you fast. We ship the same day. Sharkshifter.com, your online source for carts and parts. The 2020 racing season is closing fast, and Supercarts USA will press the reset button just after the new year for the third running of the Scusa Winter Series. The program drew big numbers last year, and we expect solid growth for the coming edition. We're again setting up shop at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires, for two exciting doubleheader weekends on January 10 to 12 and February 7 to 9. All the Scusa Pro Tour classes will be running at the Winter Series, so it's the perfect spring training for next year's National Championship Series. The weather will be ideal, so get out of the snow and join us for two fun weekends in South Florida. We'll have Pro and G1 G2 Shifter featuring the IAMI SSE 175cc engine and all the IAMI X30, KA100, and Swift classes as well. We'll also be welcoming the popular Margate Ignite Challenge to the Winter Series for a little taste of Briggs 206 competition. Registration opens on December 1st. For more information, visit supercartsusa.com. And to learn more about the Margate Ignite program, check out ignitekarting.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howard alongside David Cole. Episode number 60 of the EKN Debrief Podcast, where we review all the events that we attend trackside. This one, obviously the biggest of them all, the Supercarts USA Super Nationals from the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. We gave you a little breakdown of some of the class numbers. So let's jump now into the Paddock Pass presented today by J3 Competition and CompCart. Since 2005, J3 Competition has been capturing major victories and championships on and off the racetrack, redefining the industry with each move. The company took its unparalleled knowledge and brand recognition and developed its own chassis line, the CompCart. The CIK-FIA homologated brand has been winning ever since. 
Visit j3competition.com for more on the fastest growing chassis line in the world. All right, David, let's uh, jump here into the, the paddock pass, look at some of the stuff that didn't happen race-wise. First and foremost, anytime you go to the Supernats, one of the big unveilings is the racetrack design. It's always been significantly different, you know, uh, designed by different people over the over the last number of years. This year's track, though, very similar to 2018. Very similar. Uh, essentially, they took the same blueprints and, and diagrams and they instituted it for this year's track. Um, actually building it, how it was, how it was designed to be built. Um, probably the most notable things we saw right away was the adjustment in seven, eight, nine, ten, where the S's sections were, um, that was more of defined corners, uh, more radius corners rather than last year. They were kind of just straight through shoot through and, and, and kind of, um, so there wasn't, there wasn't any cart chassis bending if you want to say it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you. going le- going right to left type uh, scenario this time the turns were more defined had a, had more radius and thus pr- uh forced drivers to to um to drive through these corners rather than just just hammer through straight through um so that that kind of changed things up and and also set up more passing opportunities because we saw guys passing into the first set of s's and really passing into the second set of s's um so it offered another passing situation um, turns um, four and five section right there on the pit out was a little bit different. It was in the same section or same area, but there was no curb for turn five where we saw Brent Cruz launch over in his uh, nitro cart to go on to win in the mini swift category. Yep. So it was a barrier. So if you went off course, you either had to get out of it or you were kissing the barriers. Uh, so that was a big difference. And plus it seemed like turn four was, was a, rather than a double apex was just a single apex. And we we saw Christian Brooks try and get inside of uh, Lorenzo Travis Anudo. So that was a, a bit of a difference. And then also turn uh, one, uh, it actually stretched out further down towards that VIP tent that uh, a lot of people took advantage of throughout the week. Um, so the apex was further deep, deeper into that section, which made the run towards turn two a little bit longer. So, provided more room for guys to wiggle around and get that three to four carts wide yeah. uh, into turn two. But the only issue I think with turn number one, I, I, most guys I talked to liked the, the longer run out of turn 11 down to one. And of course, one back to two, as you had mentioned, probably the only major issue was the fact that uh, there really isn't any more room to push the X or put the, uh, the outer curbing or outer barriers rather further down. So it was really, really, t- really, really narrow there. It was a lot wider, of course, like the barriers were the same place they were on the outside when the apex was much, much earlier. So it, it got pretty tight. It got times where the track almost was, was totally blocked, uh, which, you know, again, that's kind of, I guess, weighing it out because you, t- you take the good with the bad because the actual layout of the track itself uh, worked well there. One thing I did find interesting, David, again, especially with this track layout, we saw it last year, we saw it this year. Anytime a leader or a driver started to block to run the defensive line, whether it was into four or back into six, wherever you were tr- starting to run that defensive line, that brought everybody else back to fight. And that's if you had the patience not to do that and the guys behind you worked with you, we saw guys pull away. When guys weren't working with, with each other and guys were getting defensive, that's when, every, that, that's when fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh came back into the fight. Well, that just seems to be the nature of the pushback bumper and defensive driving. Really, it's not just this track, but we see it everywhere and around the world. 
uh, it's, you know, if you're, if you're cutting a second off your, your standard lap time, because you're running a defensive line, that's going to allow whoever's back by three seconds to close in a second, a lap. And then boom, within two, two laps, you're kind of right there. You're sniffing it. And all of a sudden you're, you're in the mix. And we saw that in, in the many categories where the leaders started to, uh, to run a defensive line all the way from micro all the way up to X 30 senior. So it's not just, you know, it's not just the pros, but some of these kids are doing the same thing too. Dave, let's talk a little bit about the comparison between the IME SSE 175 engine and the KZ. You know, obviously those uh, engines on on the same track, on the same event, same weekend. KZ ended up being a bit quicker, uh, but I thought the comparison was something people were definitely going to be looking at. Yeah, that's that was just kind of a side note and, yeah. and kind of a interest for those who are involved in, in shifter cart racing because – Everybody's talked about, you know, the implementation of the IME SSE engine and why are they doing that? And I, you know, it it is it's it was basically an an upgrade from the Honda package and still to be not quite what KZ is because we see it now uh, every year. Um, the KZ engines are just monsters; they are just flat out monsters. Yeah. But you have to have the right engine combination or right engine builder to be able to be fast. I, I think that's why we saw, you know, something we didn't mention about in the numbers. They had, we had 41 KZs last year and only 23 this year. I think um, it's harder for them to, to bring engines over and then you have to bring them back. It's, it, it probably would be easier for them to just sell them here, but there's no market for them here. Um, I think the Northwest Northeast area is the only place you run KZ engines everywhere else. It's, it's now the IME engine or, you know, people, club racers are still running the stock Hondas or, or other, you know, rock engines as well. So, um, yeah, uh, that, that has part of it. That's part of it. And again, the, the 175 wasn't built to be the quickest thing out there. It was bit, it was built for, uh, reliability. And, and I think that they they are doing that as, as long as you're able to, again, to tune the engine, because again, you still have to be able to tune an engine before to make it last long before it starts seizing on you or, or other mechanical issues with it. So that again, I am SSE engine was not built to beat the KZ. Yep. That's it. That's, that's the right line. Uh, one of the things we saw in the shifter card categories as well, David, which was interesting to you and I in both the pro shifter one and pro shifter two and the G one and G two classes, they mixed everybody together based on, you know, all, both categories together on track. And for the, for the, for the uh, standing starts based on where you qualified then they split it up for the main events and did the staggered starts. They they rolled Pro 1 first, waited for a while, then rolled Pro 2. I thought that was an interesting approach, that, the fact that they didn't use it all weekend long. I thought it was the wrong approach. I thought they should have done that all week long. I think it screwed uh, Matias Ramirez and, and Pro Shifter. He had to start behind all of the pro 22 Pro Shifter 2 drivers in order to catch up to the rest of the field. Uh, that's in his class. Uh, and then G... You know, thankfully for G1 guys such as Matt Hamilton, he only had to have six guys he had to go through in G2 before he got into the G1 guys sure. and start making his way up through during those heat races. If they would have been staggered starts, I still I it would have made things a lot easier for drivers within their categories and drivers who had issues in qualifying. And again, it, it would take away that, you know, two classes racing against each other. That's something we don't want to see at the super nationals. I like the idea of having the two class classes together. If that's what the racers want, because 
again, we had just one pro shifter class last year. We just had one master shifter class last year. If that's what the racers want, fine, but we have to run them together. But in order to make it fair throughout the week, we got to keep them separated. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. A uh, couple things just to bring up, I guess, as we wrap up this this part of the paddock pass, uh, the Supercarts USA uh, had their or induct, started their Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. They did not uh, induct anybody into the Hall of Fame this particular year. I didn't actually get a chance to talk to anybody about that. Uh, I assume that they'll probably get it back in, in 2020. Other one of the great stories, David, was kind of the return of the, the track magic name to the Super Nationals uh, with uh, uh, the whole crew, you know, Jason LaPointe, uh, Howie Idelson, Ryan Fowl, and so many of the other ex, ex-drivers like uh, Oliver Rowan, uh, Kyle Martin, Landon Yee, the, uh, Joe Odenthal. There was a lot of guys that, you know, ex-track magic guys. But they had that yellow and black branding on the cart of uh, of Matias Ramirez and KZ. He put a show on for them. He was, you know, running top five all weekend long. That was just a really cool story for a guy like me who's been around all 23 of the events to be able to see track magic there again. It was a very interesting dynamic to the event because it's it has a lot of history at the Super Nationals. It has a lot of history within Supercarts USA. Um, you know, and, and as we said, excuse the Hall of Fame uh inducted uh um oh my gosh why is the name coming blank um fausto vitello fausto, yes sorry i couldn't i couldn't come out of my head um almost before your time well it was yeah in, in a way but um but yeah it just it it was a because you had all i what probably what 25 to 30 people who were just there for the track magic uh yeah. gathering uh and all of those people are cheering on one single cart um, now, mind you, they probably were yep. cheering on the GFC carts that were in the other categories, but because it had the track magic colors, it was the only one in at the super nationals. It just had that. It was almost like, you know, like football teams, you know, it, it, all these people came to this stadium to come and watch this one team or this one driver. Yeah, all the, all the alumni, all, right? Exactly. Dave? All the yeah, alumni. So it's a little bit like college. Right. Yeah. It's a little bit like college. And, yeah. and that's something you don't see a lot in racing. Obviously you do see it in sports car racings where people are loyal to the brand. You don't really see that in karting uh, until now, really, because everybody that's had a track magic has, is pretty loyal to that brand. Yeah, I agreed. No doubt about that. It was just cool to see them come back. And as I said, uh, Ramirez did a fantastic job and KZ was right in the middle of a top five fight throughout the weekend. Um, excellent. It's a lot of, just a ton of fun to watch for sure. And it, it was, it was cool to see them back. Great to see old friends from the early days of the Scusa Promoto tour as well. Uh, but yeah, having track magic back. And the cool thing is it sounds like more's coming you know, they've got more ideas. This is kind of just kind of getting the ball in motion here. They built 10 of the branded track magic carts that are, I think all, all spoken for at this point already. Uh, so there's thoughts, I think of potentially expanding and maybe having some more, some more carts. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that program. It's just good to have them back. All right, folks, there's the padding pass for this edition of the EKN debrief. When we get back after this break, it's time to start going into the race report. We'll review the races class by class, starting with pro shifter. Top quality material all presented in fluorescent yellow. You've seen it, and now you need to choose the flow. Since 2005, J3 Competition has been capturing major victories and championships both on and off the track, redefining the industry with each move. The company took its unparalleled knowledge and rolled it into their own chassis line in 2015, the Comp Cart. The CIK FIA homologated brand has been winning races ever since. 
There are three comp cart models to choose from. The Covert 3.0 R19 is the latest design for tag and shifter competition. The Covert 4R serves several popular categories, including 100cc and Briggs 206 racing. The Ranger 28 model is designed for cadet racing and will be the official chassis of the Minimax division at the 2019 Rotax Challenge Grand Finals in Sarno, Italy. And lastly, new carters can get right into the comp cart product from the beginning, running the micro cart in the kid cart division. Visit j3competition.com for more on the fastest growing chassis line in the world. Do it now. Choose the flow. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience. We can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com where all of our products are just a mouse click away we ship daily. We're constantly adding new products to our online store, so keep checking back. We specialize in IME engines, tilt seats, and of course, our championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find molecule cleaning products, minus 273 racing gloves, micron gauges and components, and both MG and Bridgestone tires. If you're ready to take your racing to the next level, come and join us at Team FMS. We've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for many years, from providing a helping hand on weekday test outing or at a club event to full arrive-and-drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For 2019, we'll be attending the Superkart USA Winter Series, WK Manufacturers Cup, United States Pro Kart Series, and the Route 66 Kart Racing Series. And we'd love to have you under our tent at Merlin Nation. For all things karting, visit... FranklinCart.com Every winter, young drivers take the leap up to the next class. Whether it's micro to mini, mini to junior, or the big jump from junior into the senior ranks, it's tougher competition. If your son or daughter are moving up a class in 2020, give them exactly what they need to be ready. Professional coaching from the most respected teacher in the sport. With over 30 years of karting experience, Alan Rudolph and his staff at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy specialize in training young racers and accelerating their skills so that they're ready for the next challenge. Don't just invest in equipment, invest in your driver. Bring them to the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy at Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston and invest in their skill development. Get them ready to take on that next on-track challenge, better prepared than ever. Get ready for 2020 by calling the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy at 866-607-7223. Head to speedsportsracingpark.com to learn more. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. This is the debrief for the Supercarts USA Super Nationals that happen at the end of November. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. This edition brought to you uh, by the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Uh, this However, though, jumping into the race report section, we've got to go through 12 different categories, and today that will be presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. 
They have a great website for you to order from, and Kart Racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get you the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. All right, David Cole, let's uh, let's grab it and go green, green, green here because uh, let's start with Pro Shifter because just a tremendous story. All the emotion, uh, you know, the look on Billy Musgrave's face having won three in a row, now a four-time winner, um, but having won three in a row, he just he really dominated the action. Got got pressured throughout the, the weekend by Jake French, but to see him win, it's it was the same emotion for the last three years, right? It's just absolute raw. It just shows shows the importance of the Super. That's well, what he's worked for all season long, beginning at December of 2018. You knew he was right back to the racetrack in Cal Speed, preparing for the upcoming yeah. season. Mind you, now moved to the Croc Promotion chassis uh, midway throughout the season, so it's been nonstop working with uh, Metal Nut Racing and, uh, of course, under the MRC tent. Uh, making sure everything is put together. They came up short on the Pro Tour title, so you knew it was going to be uh, checkers or wreckers for the for the victory here at, at the Super Nationals in, in Pro Shifter category. And, and Musgrave did just that. I mean, from the qualifying, obviously the qualifying sessions, we didn't talk about this in the Paddock Insider, but they had a 20-minute uh, a open pit for Pro Shifter and the X30 senior category. So we had a little bit of drama in the qualifying session, uh, because it was actually Rory Vanderster who had fast time during that 20 minute session, but his time got removed yep. because of a um, procedure issue. Um, they originally had him disqualified from the session. And then they finally said, Nope, we have to go with our, our penalty structure. And they gave him a 10 position penalty. Uh, but because of that penalty, it moved Musgrave to the pole position where he never relinquished that position, winning all three heat races with uh, whole shots, all three races and again, it was going to come down to the whole shot in the main event. And that's where things got a little bit crazy in turn one uh, at the start of, of the main event. Yeah, that was, that was wild for sure. But yeah, let's go back and just, again, just reiterate how good Musgrave was. You said it, David. Three straight whole shots in the heat races. Uh, essentially, just he was perfect in terms of those races. Didn't put a wheel wrong. Uh, <clears throat> consistent lap times the entire time on the, on the Croc promotion. Just was really, really nailing it the whole time. But yeah, David, talk a little bit about that opening lap because I was, of course, I'm trying to call it on the TV because we're live doing the live Facebook deal. So I'm calling on the TV. I, I, the, the view was good, but then I, you know, I'm looking down to try to see and I, where the whole incident was, was right behind the podium. So from our, from our angle, I couldn't even see who was involved in the incident until we got back around. And of course, I'm trying to call off the TV anyways, but it was a wild, wild one as everybody was trying to, everybody was really trying to, I think, push a little too hard on the opening corner. Yeah, because you knew Musgrave was going to be quick right out of the hole. He's got, he, as you said, he had the whole shot in all three heat races. He had the whole shot in the main event, but it was everybody trying to get to be where Jake was because it, it was trying to be the top challenger. Yeah. And as soon as the quicker you could get there, the quicker you can attack Musgrave because he was so quick on the cold tire laps. Uh, turn one just kind of was guys all going for the same piece of real estate, uh, making contact on the exit of the corner. And what we saw was uh, Rory Vanderster actually doing a flip with a twist as he got launched up and over one other cart and almost essentially almost landed on the tech pros that were on the inside of the racetrack. But he landed on his back, essentially, and on his head. So it was a really hard hit. 
And thankfully, all the Pro Shifter 2 guys got through that turn one chaos without hitting him or without hitting yeah. any of the other carts that were on the outside of the corner. Because I mind you, we're talking about six, I believe it was about six carts that were that were uh, involved in this uh, opening corner incident in Pro Shifter. So lots of carnage there. Thankfully, everybody got through it. Uh, Rory was sh- obviously shaken up uh, with the incident, but uh, eventually kind of came to his senses and uh, was able to kind of stand there and watch the remainder of the race. But, uh, you know, thankfully, we were a lot of photographers there and, and a few corner workers that were able to help uh, clear out the carnage before lap two began. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a wild ride. I, I, I you know, there's videos of it on the, uh, on the internet as well. And, uh, and, you know, just, just to be, just be glad to see, uh, Rory walk away. Yeah, in, indeed. And it was a really weird flip. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the way it happened, as you said, he kind of got in there cause he made a move to the inside of one climbed up and you see the thing as it, it did the full flip and twist was just, was just, it was odd how it happened. It happened so quickly as well. But <clears throat> as put that, you know, that's done opening lap, David. We still had 25 laps to run. And Musgrave really just put his head down and started to pull away. You know, Jake French did everything he could, uh, you know, running with PSL carding on the Borel Art. That's going to be a very, very tough uh, pairing in 2020. Uh, Jake pushed hard to try to stick with him. Uh, couldn't get the job done. Ended up finishing the second spot. Still good for him as well. I thought Matias Ramirez, his story was fantastic as well. You mentioned early, David, an issue in qualifying with a broken chain. I think as soon as he came up, as soon as he came out onto the track, he broke the chain and ends up having to start from the very tail in all the heat races, working his way through the pro two guys, starts 10th in the main event, stays out of that carnage, slides through, and ends up third on the GFC. I think that was a huge, huge run for Matias, obviously a big run for Gary Carlton's team as well. Yeah, I think it would have been better to see him race his way up to third, yep. but uh, with the with the carnage that was involved in that turn one wreck, he was able to to move up to third right away. And then we had uh, uh, basically a fight for fourth behind those three because they were all pretty spaced out. Uh, Cody Hodgson was able to uh, score the the fourth spot in the Illuminos ahead of uh, Sam Cleese uh, in the Sodi cart. So uh, a little little international flavor there. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Up front, though, let's just put it this way. That's a, here's four-time winner, David. We have three four-time winners now. The first actually coming, uh, the, the second rather, coming with Kip Foster and Master. We'll talk more about that. But uh, Billy Musgrave's body of work at the Super Nats, you know, winning in his debut year in, in the S2 category, then absolutely, you know, rocking the last three in Pro Shifter. This, uh, this guy's put his name in the history books. Without a doubt, and there's probably more ahead because uh, it looks like he's not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> Very true. I will apologize for my scratchy voice, David. I'm, I'm I'm still battling a bit of a cold, a little cough right now. So there's no Starbucks near where I am. I can't get myself another medicine ball. So, <laughs> dude, those were the savior on Super Sunday. The savior that that helped. It definitely helped you uh, get yeah. through uh, all the uh, all the main events. Only ten main events, so you're lucky it That's wasn't true. twelve. I'll tell you this: my voice it held out very well throughout the entire racing on Sunday. Of course, then we were up at the about the Voodoo Lounge for the after party, and it's so loud you're screaming and yelling to talk to everybody. I hardly had a voice at all on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Like it was bad. So I'm now I'm just dealing with a bit of a cold. So just I want to apologize to everybody for my scratch. It's it's that it's that dr- it's that dry California yeah, air. To, you should be back into uh into to the cold air. Not yet. A couple more weeks down here in California, <laughs> then heading back to uh back to Canada for some winter and some Christmas, and then uh, we go back at it again. Uh David, let's look at the one of the other pro categories. Um uh, I thought it was just the way this one played out, not not only during the main event, but during the whole weekend. We're talking about X thirty senior. Because, you know, Ryan Norberg 
has has had su- limited success at the Supernats, but it appeared the way things were going that he was going to continue this amazing run he's had with with Rollison Performance Group uh, after qualifying on the pole. Ends up winning all three of his heat races as well. I thought, man, you know what? This could be an opportunity for Ryan to put that Supernats win on, on his uh, resume as well. Without a doubt, the the three heat wins were not something that he just got. It's something he earned. Yeah. He he worked his way uh, into those three wins, uh, obviously, and 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 earning uh, fast time and qualifying. And so we knew, but we knew it was going to be a fight because every Super Sunday it it tends to be a little bit chaotic. And we, <laughs> because the racetrack was very similar to what we what we have last year, we knew it was going to be a very similar race and going down to the wire as as it did last year. What were your thoughts on uh, on that race itself, the, the the main event? Because as it played out, I think there was an opportunity for a three driver breakaway, but then the, they started blocking again, and that's you know that was crazy. Because obviously, obviously, Clement DeMello gets you know gets into the lead at one point, then young Jack Crawford, just fourteen years of age, he finds himself up front, then then you start going in that defensive, and man, everybody else came back to the fight. Well, you knew with Norberg having the target on his back, everybody was going to go after him. He didn't really have anybody up front to kind of to partner with. Um, that's something that's we kind of talked about last year. You know, uh, when Ben Cooper was RPG at the Lupians, uh, yep. <clears throat> Norberg was Lupian less. <laughs> Did not have them. Uh, I know Hannah Greenmeyer was kind of was 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 up there. Uh, but wasn't able to be at the same pace as, as um, Norberg was. And Jacob Gulick got wrecked in the opening corner. So so he kind of had no wingmen out there. So you knew everybody was going to attack him and attack him quickly. Um, Deme- uh, Zachary Clayman DeMello was one of them, along with Jack Crawford and Christian Brooks. Those those three guys were ruthless. Uh, they were on it right away. Yeah. Uh, Danny Curl was off, also ruthless. He there was there was no there was no partnership whatsoever aside from maybe Crawford and Brooks being teammates. Everybody else was kind of on their own. So that's kind of how the race kind of unfolded. It was like you said, Zachary claiming DeMello kind of getting out there, and then really Jack Crawford kind of asserted himself um, as the as the quickest driver out there. And kind of took control in the in the second half of the race um, after some more sh- uh, shuffling took place, um, but yeah. And then Danny Curl, being a 2017 World Karting Champion, you knew he was waiting, buying his time, and probably was just. I think he kind of put his target on Crawford early on. He's like, you know what? Yeah, I'll push you out to the front, and then I'm going to take care of you that last lap because that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's it, right? Well, you're talking about former world champion. Versus a four, the fourteen year old kid running in, in, in senior. Now remember, Jack won the won the uh, Supernats at X thirty Junior a couple years ago. Also, now a new Red Bull. I think a Red Bull Junior driver. We'll have to get the full update on that. Uh, <clears throat> but it, you're talking about racing against the world champion, who's got strategy laid down. Like you said, you can lead. I'll, I'll push you to the lead. You can lead this thing. But there's enough place to pass on the last lap that I'm going to make a move. And that move coming over in turn number 10, end of the uh, the rhythm section before he came onto the straightaway. It looked like it was going to be a little bit of a bump and run. But it, I think it kind of it, – it developed too much, I think, for Danny as opposed to being just a tap. Um, they kind of got pushed off the line. Zachary Clement DeMello down the inside and is able to, to steal this win away from P3. Yeah, uh, Curl just had enough room underneath Crawford to go inside, and he wasn't quite up to the side pod, but never, never, uh, never thought about getting out of it. And the two kind of just didn't really make hard contact, but just both slid wide. 
of course, coming out of the the apex. And, you know, Zachary Clayman DeMello was sitting right there in the third spot and said, thanks for the gift, boys. And <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> drove down the straightaway without a challenge, as as we saw Norberg actually coming up from, I think, back in, um, what, P12. I think he got shuffled back to. Um, he actually slipped past both of those guys down the straightaway. But it was, uh, as you said, Zachary Clayman DeMello uh, scoring the victory uh, unchallenged at the checkered flag. Norberg, though, did get a penalty, correct? Yeah, Norberg crossed the line second, but uh, pushback bumper penalty, I believe, is what dropped him out of the top five. So that moves Danny Carroll to second, Jack Crawford in third. He was uh, absolutely distraught uh, having finished in that third position, thinking that the win was almost there for him. Uh, Christian Brooks was in the fight pretty much all race, all day long. He ends up P4. And Brandon Jarsakrak, who had to scrap back after a rough go in qualifying, uh, he kind of fought his way back the entire weekend, was able to get himself back up to P5. David, any other uh, notables in, that you'd like to bring up? Well, that was Jarsakrak's first podium there after, I think, what, five years now trying. So uh, good good yep. props to him. Uh, hard charger of the race went to Caden Gray. Uh, the Texas Pro Kart Challenge champion got in on the provisional. Started 41st and got up to 19th, so it was a pretty good drive for him, uh, making do of of what he was able to earn throughout the season. Um, Zachary Clayman DeMello became the fourth Canadian to win the class. He joins Daniel Morad, Philip Orsic, and of course last year's winner Ben Cooper. So uh, that's four for Canada Team Canada. USA's USA okay, needs to catch up definitely. Um, <laughs> and he also became the second IndyCar driver to win this category. Uh, Gabby Chavez, True. who didn't race IndyCar at the time, but won it in the 2012. Damn it. I don't have my. Yeah, I think it was 12. I think it was, I don't, I have, my, right. I think it was I don't have my sheet open. I'll have to get it open. But yeah, so Chavez won before he was in IndyCar. <laughs> Zachary Clayman DeMello won after he's been in IndyCar. So uh, that's the only uh, kind of difference between those two guys. And as I said, uh, first podium for Jarza Crack, first podium in his senior debut for Jack Crawford, and then obviously first podium for uh, Danny Curl as well. Some great racing. I love that. And, and it's it, the fact that some drivers, I think you probably could have said, could have won, didn't even make the main, <laughs> or you know what I mean, or didn't. Uh, I thought you know, David Sarah looked like he was going to have a really good run too, was able to uh, win one of the heat races, but he had that DNF early. It's a tough. This is a tough class, David. You, we, this racing is so aggressive, especially when if you get further in the, in the middle of the pack. We saw some drivers get mired back there because guys were racing like they were. It was the last lap of the race, midway through. They weren't working together to try to pull back forward. When that starts to happen, you just you're stuck back there. Nothing no, you do about it. no, you got to find a dancing partner, and I think that's one yeah. thing that Curl was able to do. Even though he was a little bit aggressive in the heat races, nobody wanted to be his friend. But uh, if he's going to push you to the front, I guess he becomes kind of your friend until that last <laughs> lap. So uh, it's all about strategy. And and sometimes guys don't have a, a certain strategy. Some people do. And it and it and it completely takes a 180 because I'm, I'm sure Norberg didn't expect to see himself outside the top 10 and have to fight his way uh, forward to try and get back on the podium. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know. Like you said, you got 20 guys that could probably have won that race, and it ended up being, uh, you know, Zachary Clayman DeMello winning it. But, you know, any one of those five on the podium, any one of the guys in the top 10, and anybody in the top 20 could have won the race. First two class reviews in the books, folks. When we get back after this break, we're going to jump into KZ and Pro Shifter 2. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. 
Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and safety gear to get you on the track. ShopAKRA.com offers a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors in the sport to ensure that all the latest equipment is available to you, the consumer. With customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price. Be sure to visit ShopAKRA.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Also, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials, clearance items, and new products. You've heard and read about us. We're the Rawlson Performance Group. We race to win. After putting all eight of our X30 senior drivers in the main at last year's Scusa Super Nationals, we're the tent you need to be under this November. We have just four spots available, so contact us today to lock in one of our final opportunities. We may be prepping for Las Vegas, but it's also time to talk about 2020. Joining the Rawls Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Our industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and former Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. In 2020, we'll be racing in the Scusa Winter Series, Pro Tour, and California Pro Car Challenge, as well as the IKF Northwest Region. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. We do have different levels of programs available for the IKF Sprint Grand Nationals at Pat's Acres on the September 20, 21, 22 weekend. So if you want to get a head start on 2020, come up and join us and take your shot at winning a Duffy, one of the most prestigious trophies in the sport. We're the Rawlson Performance Group. We race to win. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. We offer trackside support and arrive-and-drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. We're also your Midwest home for Tony Kart and IAMI, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. Tony Kart quality cannot be beat, so call us today to put you in a new chassis for your next event. In 2020, we'll be racing and providing arrive-and-drive programs for the full Supercart USA Pro Tour and the Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge, the WKA's Kart Week in Daytona, and exciting events like the USAC Battle at the Brickyard and the Rock Island Grand Prix. From arrive-and-drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. 
Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden and David Cole presenting episode number 60 of the EKN Debrief as we review uh, the most recent running of the Supercarts USA Super Nationals in Las Vegas. Supernats number 23. Our race report today presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. And David, let's jump into the KZ category, the international shifter class. The word you and I used a lot was redemption. It was going to be the opportunity for Marion Kremers to come back after what happened last year where he led early, had a good cushion, red flag, bunched everybody else back together. He ends up losing the spot to uh, to Lorandi and the victory. This year he comes in, though, with PSL once again on the Burrell Art as the world champion. And for, really, majority of the weekend, he was the dominant driver. Yeah, nobody really had anything for him throughout qualifying, throughout the three heat races. I mean, Kremers went wire to wire throughout all four sessions. Had no really nobody on his bumper or challenging him. A little, probably maybe half a second off, maybe was the closest finish through those heat races, but really uh, seemed to have everything in hand uh, going into Super Sunday, where things were a little bit different because now, guys, the the, the main event was a little bit in the in the hot sun where yeah. everything for KZ category was in the afternoon hours, so uh, sun going down and at night, uh, especially heat two, uh, racing under the lights uh, and qualifying under the lights, so. Um, track conditions were obviously a little bit different, were, were different from what they've been used to all week long. Yeah, and I think that played, uh, played to, uh, to Danny Formal and Greg Bell at Leading Edge Motorsports, right? They not so much it played to them, but it maybe it gave them the opportunity or any mechanic the opportunity to try to hit that absolute sweet spot. And in, in talking to, uh, uh, talking to Danny and talking to Greg afterwards, that just the car, the, the changes they made to the chassis itself, the car was absolutely perfect. And then we just we watched Formal simply race his way to the front, David. And near the end of that race, uh, we were about five to go. And he just he took he flat took control on the Formula K. He took control early too, and that's what was shocking because uh, he passed Kremers early on uh, down yep. the straightaway. Actually, I was taking photos there. He actually looked over and made a signal to Kremers, and I haven't gotten back to Danny to ask him about it because I wanted to to look at the photos, and I haven't been able to do so. But it was very interesting. To, mindset or maybe a mind game that he was kind of playing with Kremers and then Kremers kind of took it as the challenge and went back after him and then Formal just kind of sat back there waiting and buying his time and and I think it was what five laps to go uh Formal took back the lead and and that was it and that was the deciding move and and Kremers just couldn't respond uh, in those closing laps to get back around Formal and and again the heat races were only 12 laps the main event 25 laps so that has another scenario to it as well so again it, you got to be able to set set up a cart and set up uh, an engine to to make that long run uh in order to be crown champion and super sunday just a, just a massive win though for, for danny formal uh, again you saw the emotion out of him on that as well huge for greg bell and leading edge motorsports uh to be able to come in here and win what is the single greatest event in north american karting right to be able to come in and, and win the, the big show 10 grand uh for, for formal uh, I thought I thought he did a tremendous job. I and again, I I think we all figured Kremers was going to. I don't want to say walk it. I don't want to downgrade anybody else, but I think we figured here comes the guy that almost won it last year. He's riding off the momentum and the confidence of being the world champion. Uh, this guy's just going to roll and make it happen. And for all intents and purposes, that's what we saw for the first you know three days on the on the racetrack. But uh, main event, as you said, David, at a different time of the day, a lot warmer than what they ran during their heat races. Um, then and again. Uh, the extended distance from 12 to 25 over, you know, over twice the distance of the heat races. 
I thought it played out to a fantastic story. Danny Formal with the win. Marion Kremerson second. Maximilian Paul was very strong on the DR card as well for DRT Racing. He ends up in third. Emilian Dender was strong on the Sodi card throughout the weekend. And Noah Molel, probably I think I probably expect a little bit more to Noah. He had good speed. Uh, not able to, to to get off the line well at the start of that race and, and fell back a bit. Let's let's not let's not uh, leave out Matias Ramirez. We talked a little bit about him in the track magic section of the paddock pass. They had the yellow and black out there with the track magic, and uh, I thought Ramirez he he was in a top five position, David, until an issue with the engine on the final what couple laps to go, I think. Yeah, he was right there behind Formal at one point when 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 Formal was trailing uh, Kremers, and so you mm-hmm. thought Ramirez was kind of buying his time and waiting too, but uh, yeah, with two laps remaining, uh, came into turn two and uh, just uh, came to a stop there uh, with a mechanical issue, and so yeah, kind of dash the dreams of putting track magic back on the podium once again at the super nationals. But I, I, I hate, you know, it's going to be a, one thing to watch next year is there's going to be another track magic for sure. Battling probably in this KZ category. Let's talk about uh, extras, David, you got a, you got a hard charger for me. Yeah. Hard charger. Uh, Vin, Vin, oh man. See, give me names. I don't like saying Vincen, Vin, Vin, Vincenzo, Vincenzo. Serencino. <laughs> See, I can't say it. Uh, Drove from 15th to 7th. Uh, This was the second straight year for Kremers as the runner-up, as we've already mentioned before. And another note, I believe Danny Formal is close to $50,000 won at the Super Nationals. He had, I believe it was a 10 grand for his first Super Nats, 20 grand for his second Super Nats uh, as he came back to as a uh, repeat winner. And they had, I think it was another 10 grand bounty out for anybody who could repeat and then that was the 20 that was the 20th right, running right correct. it was 20 grand for 20 grand for the 20th and so you add this 10 grand to it as well and then probably some other uh money that he's won throughout the years and and tag senior or, or, or s1 or other races and kz i believe maybe possibly uh so he's getting close to probably fifty thousand dollars won there <laughs> <laughs> that's great isn't that wild that's great stuff for sure. Uh, let's move now into the Pro Shifter 2 category. And just as we expected, I think, Marion Kremers to do what he did, qualify so well and, and kind of dominate the heat races, uh, I think you and I, David, both figured the same was going to have happen with the Race Liberante uh, in his uh, his comp cart machine for J3 competition because he was really the, the dominant driver in the, in the Pro 2 class throughout the Pro Tour this year. Uh, has already said that he's, you know, he's going to move to Pro 1 in, in 2020. It's been a lot many many years since he's been running at this level so i think pro 2 was the place for him to definitely make his re-entry uh, but man he was just he was the guy to beat throughout the entire weekend well 12 years to be exact since his there last super nationals when he was on the podium in s5 back in 2007 i don't remember it because i wasn't there that was the only year i've missed since 2004 <laughs> so he was a, a little bit shorter a little bit chubbier uh, but uh, was on the podium, and this time he got uh, one step higher, uh, just dominating the Pro Shifter 2 category throughout the week. Uh, the, the final actually looked to be like it was going to be a little bit of a race. Again, they did the staggered start, so Pro Shifter 2 was on its own, and they got to race against their own. And Calvin Ming gave him a little bit of a, of a, of a challenge in the early couple of laps, but uh, Ming came under attack by uh, a Croc Promotion gathering. Uh, they're fight, fighting yeah, right? for second place. 
Yeah, I was I was real impressed. Uh, uh, you know, you you had picked Micah Hendricks. I think when we, when we get into the predictions, we'll talk about that. Micah did a tremendous job. He put a lot of time, and I, I I got learned a little more about how much work they did. A lot of testing at the the Phoenix track to try to be ready for the Super Nationals, and that you know working out really well for him. Uh, Chente Salas ends up coming home in the third spot, and Calvin Ming in fourth. As you said, three Croc promotions on the podium. Um, in the pro shifter category, and uh, I know they'll be pretty pretty pumped with that. Salas, a young driver coming out of the S three category, he had won the uh, the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix scholarship for twenty twenty as well. Calvin Ming's a driver I've watched in the USF two thousand series as part of the Road to Indy. He's focusing more on his on his uh, schooling now, but still doing a bunch of shifter cart racing with us. I thought uh, I thought his start, like you said, was strong. Uh, but in the end, Micah Hendricks, you got to give him big props for coming home P2. Yeah, again, I picked him in my pr- uh, predictions. Uh, uh, so really, we have two former S5 drivers sitting there, one, two, with uh, Race Liberante and Micah Hendricks. So I put a yeah. lot of stock in that experience at the Super Nationals. I was really impressed with Salas, um, as you said, moving up from S3 and was able to take it to a lot of these guys who have been racing Pro Shifter 2 all season long. So to be able to do that, he's going to be really uh, impressive to watch uh, in 2020 because he's got that scholarship now. So we're going to see him on the pro tour and at the California pro cart challenge yep. as well. So that'll be fun to watch, but a really cool story by Dalton Egger p- placing in the fifth spot, had a bit of an issue in, in qualifying was unable to record a lap. So he started 24th in all his heat races, fought his way up to start the main event in the eighth spot. So a really impressive run throughout the three heat races for him. And then he was able to grab three extra positions in the main event to finish in the fifth spot. So Egger, a very emotional fifth place finish and just happy to be on the podium at the Super Nationals. Yeah, he was pumped up and ready to go, which I thought was cool. He just, uh, you could see him looking at his trophy uh, when he was down in victory lane after he'd gotten that trophy from Tom Kutcher. And he was just, you could just see the emotion of getting it done. And, and again, struggled, like you said earlier, but was able to work his way back forward. Three good heat races can make that happen. We talk about situation Saturday and about how things change, depending on what happened for you on Friday. And and Dalton stayed focused and, and put three really good heat races together. Allowed to launch from the outside of row four, a couple of spots, and you're on the podium with the Super Nats. So congratulations to Dalton Neger. Fantastic, fantastic run for him. And and that's, Folks, that's why we do the podiums after every race, because the Super Nationals brings that type of emotion. That, I mean, we're talking agreed. fifth place. Just, just being on the podium is, is a is a uh, is an accomplishment in itself. Yeah, and, and you want to have that raw emotion, right? It, it, you, you're going to have it in the scale line. If we, if we do the podiums later, uh, as we did for a number of years, that happening starting in 2013 with the rain weekend, I think we had it set up to be able to, to do it inside afterwards. The emotion's still there, but it's not as raw and it's, it's not as big. And it's it, when these guys are, you see them coming around, getting out of their carts, after they've been sent around to victory lane and man, it's just, you could just see the emotions. Amazing. And there's not as many people uh, because the, the, the stands are packed for every yeah. race, even, you know, VIP section, the two grandstands right there in front of the podium, the grandstand where the uh, mechanics are standing as well. So though you got three full uh, grandstands plus the VIP section, plus everybody around the fence line. So that that's, that's what you want to see. Yeah, everybody's fired up, right? The 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 round of applause, everybody gets ready. Everybody's just into it, which is awesome. All right, guys, let's uh, take another quick break here in the action. We get back, we'll give you a trio of race reports. Uh, get brought to you by Acceleration Kart Race, and we're going to come back and do it with uh, X30 Master, G1, and G2. Stay with us. More to come of this edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. 
With over 35 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader in American-made components. We produce high-quality products led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, bearings, we're the source for axle components in the USA. We're not just axles either. At PKT, we can manufacture motor mounts, hubs, brake rotors, and even GoPro mounts. We're also the choice for axle and chassis straightening. We've designed a dedicated table for the sole purpose of straightening and laser aligning your chassis. If needed, we have the capability to cut, replace, and weld portions of your chassis as well. Big crash bent your frame? Send it to us. Broke a spindle yoke off in a wreck? We can replace it. You don't need to toss that expensive frame in the trash bin. We can fix it. We can repair and straighten chassis, and we CNC machine the finest carting products in the country. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. PKT, what's in your cart? The Cart Republic has arrived in the USA and it's been taking the world by storm. Cartsport North America is the country's importer and distributor for Dino Chiesa's Cart Republic chassis, and as a leader in American karting, they are focused on providing stability for the sport and quality products and service for the community. Cart Republic racked up an unprecedented amount of championships in its first season in 2018, ranging from the Scusa Winter Series in X30 Senior, the United States Pro Kart Series in Mini Swift and X30 Pro, the FIA European Championship, and the FIA World Championship in OK Senior. Whether you'd like to find out the Cart Republic dealer closest to you or schedule an arrive-and-drive package with its official North American race team, contact Cartsport North America through their official website, cartsportna.com. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. Our countless race wins and championships prove this fact, including taking the KZ Finals at the Scusa Super Nationals and the CIK World Championships in both 2016 and 2017. Our material is second to none. After years of independent American importers, CRG is now managed directly by the factory and run out of our state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and we're serious about success. We stock a wide variety of parts in all of our chassis, from the CRG Hero for the mini categories, to the Heron for taggeries, the Road Rebel for gearbox competition, and the new FS4, which has been designed specifically for American four-cycle Briggs racing. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, probably what will be our longest debrief of the year as David Cole and I are wrapping up the 2019 Supercarts USA Super Nationals number 23. We have uh, worked our way through a number of the categories already uh, as part of the race report section of this debrief podcast. Again, the podcast brought to you by the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, the race report presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. David, let's uh, jump into X30 Masters and history was made uh, for the second time uh, in this particular category. The second driver to become a four-time Super Nationals winner and now uh, joining uh, the uh, driver, Connor DeFilippe, who was able to do uh, the the four 
race win back in the in the uh, the 2000s. Kip Foster from Australia flat dominated the weekend. Let's, let's just say dominated. Did not make a mistake all weekend long. Controlled, controlled the I like that. controlled the category all week long because again, I like that there were guys there that were were putting a little bit of a challenge on them throughout the week and. Again, Foster never put a wheel wrong, as you said, and controlled and maintained that lead position throughout the week to secure his fourth, provisionally his sixth <laughs> Super <laughs> yeah, Nationals right. win. But uh, yeah, became, as we predicted, became the the second driver to join the four-win club at the Super Nationals. And there were lots of guys that were fast, right? You know, Renato Jadre David was very quick. Uh, we that Yeah, that that's what it was because it became... A three driver, True. essentially a three driver battle yeah. for for this victory because we saw Foster winning all three of his heat races, but it was it was who was going to be the lead challenger, yeah. and it was a fight between uh, former winner Renato Jodder David and Scuza Pro Tour champion Matt Johnson, and so that was kind of what we were watching um, as the week unfolded because who was going to be that lead challenger that's going to go and try to attack Foster come Super Sunday, and I really I really think that. <clears throat> this race could have been something more than it was because it seemed to me as we were getting to the second half of the race and Kip even told us afterwards that he had set the tire pressure to make sure he was going to be good early. He didn't want, he didn't want to get caught up in anything. He wanted to be able to get out into that lead. He knew he was going to sacrifice a little bit at the end of the race, right? That the guys may be able to catch up to him a little bit, but he wanted to make sure he got out into that early lead. Well, it was John or David and Matt Johnson, second and third working together. And I thought, because there must, I think David, there was probably three laps there past the halfway point where Johnson was in second, Jotter was in third, and they were closing a tenth, a tenth of a lap, you know, two tenths a lap. They kept closing, they kept closing. And I just think if, if Renato would have been a little more patient, I think it would have been a battle because he decided he was going to go by and where he went by held them up. That allowed Kip to take off. And even, even when they were together, um, when, when Jotter was in the second, Matt was third. Johnson said he thought, that he's, they still could have caught him, but I guess in one over in turn four, I think, I think Renato might have overshot the the turn in the breaking point and went deeper into the corner. And at that point, they had lost what two, three, four cart lengths, and it was over. At that point, yeah, fat. I mean, fast lap. Renato was the quickest of the three, had the uh, quickest lap of the race. Uh, Matt Johnson was just a little bit off him, and then Foster had the third quickest out of the three. So he, so again. Foster wasn't the quickest, as you said. He 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 made a little bit of a change to get out there early and 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 avoid the uh, the early attack, and uh, was able to avoid the uh, the late attack because uh, Johnson and and Renato fought each other uh, for that second spot. <laughs> One thing I did like, David, we're on the podium, of course. You know, uh, I Kip we finish up the interview, and, and he says, you know, says to me in the interview that he hopes to come back next year. And all I hear over the shoulder from P two is Matt Johnson. Oh, you're coming back next year. <laughs> like, you know, John, Johnson was like, oh, you're coming. I've got to beat you. You, you can't just leave. So uh, in the end, Foster with the win, his fourth. Uh, Matt Johnson, a strong run to cap off a, a great season, won the Pro Tour in the X30 Masters category, finishes second at the Super Nats. Uh, Renato David ends up in third. Uh, Jess Peterson, a pretty good run, David. Started in the seventh spot. He goes up to fourth position. And Bruno Martins from Brazil on the CRG capping up the top five. Yeah, and then one of really cool stories to watch uh, throughout the week was the uh, uh, participation by uh, IndyCar's Will Power, uh, making his return back to the Super Nationals. We've seen him here a couple of times uh, before. I don't think he was an Indy 500 winner before that. So this was his, it was not. This was his first time as an Indy 500 champion uh, coming in racing. 
uh, he was he was one to watch, uh, especially in practice. We saw a couple of clips of uh, of him getting a little uh, aggressive with the hand gestures, uh, which was pretty cool and made this the uh, the flying lap media uh, edit. So that was uh, that's going to be there for a lifetime. Um <laughs> But like it. Uh, it was, but uh, yeah, he, he was cool to watch. He obviously had one of the quickest carts uh, throughout the week. Just had an issue in qualifying that kind of put him back into the uh, the blender. Um, as we saw, I think all three heat races he had quick fast lap of the race. So he did, yeah. But in the main event, he again, got in the mixer or the blender and got shuffled back to the thirty eighth position, but drove his way up to the eighteenth spot. So. It was definitely fun to, to call him, him all weekend long because he was making great moves, uh, working his way forward. His passes were just, you know, really decisive and, and aggressive, which was good in those heat races. Uh, and again, just didn't get the didn't get quite the luck, as you said, when you're back there in the in that in the mix in the blender. It gets ugly. But I think for Whale, he had a good time. Of course, uh, you know, he also had uh, a, a notable IndyCar uh, guy working on the wrenches as well. Billy Vincent, who uh, is the director of competition for the, uh, what is now the Aero McLaren racing SP team. Uh, he does builds his own chassis as well. The MPG chassis. Uh, they've built a, a handful of carts, but just great to see both those guys out there back to the roots, having fun at the racetrack, you know, just wrenching away, you know, Will was in the wall at one point when, when I walked up to, to the EKN booth at one point, we were right across from Cartsport North America. They had his chassis on the flat table. They tweaked it a little bit, and uh, Tim Pappas was going to work on it to make sure it was going to be okay. But I think that was before, I think that was after the, maybe the second heat, whatever it was. They had they worked hard. They probably worked harder than they wanted to all weekend long. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's that's sometimes how your super nationals go, though. You yep. know, sometimes it, you have to work a little bit harder, even if you're finishing 18th. <laughs> all right, Davis, give us the hard charger. Uh, hard charger of the race uh again a great not not the way he probably wanted to end the 2019 season but overall a great year for uh, Vache Tatikian and the uh, Phil Giebler racing Ricardo Kart uh drove from basically I he didn't make qualifying so had to race his way as quick as fast as he could through the heat races didn't make it through so had to race his way through the LCQ ended up winning the uh not I don't think he won it but maybe won it um, the LCQ or was there was able to qualify, uh, but started 41st and got up to 17th after, uh, the 20 lap race. So, uh, he got the, uh, hard charger award. Um, as we mentioned, Foster became the second driver to win four super nationals joining Connor De Felipe. Uh, and as we said, technically six with two DQs, uh, <laughs> that, uh, Leonardo Neenkater was able to take advantage of. And, you know, again, willpower setting fast lap in all three heat, heat races, he was the fifth quickest uh, cart on the racetrack for the main event. So, again, yeah. had the package to be up there, just didn't have that qualifying. Again, qualifying means so much, uh, as I'm sure he understands how the 500 goes. A couple of the categories we've seen here, Dave, as we jump into the G1 class here, we, we, we saw, you know, Marty and Kremers qualify on pole, win all three heat races and not be able to get the main event. It was a tough one for Jordan Musser. You know, we talked a lot uh, during the broadcast about the fact that the where Jordan's put himself in the history books of North American karting is is, is way up there in, in in you know a limited company, right? Four time US, U.S. Rotax champion, four time Supercarts USA Promoto Tour champion. He just needs that G one race or, or that, that Supernats win to really put the exclamation point on what has been and it has been and continues to be an impressive career. <clears throat> Qualifies his his uh, PSL karting, three uh, G kart racing Burrell art on the pole position. Flat dominates all three of the heat races, star on pole for the main. 
But the fact that Matt Hamilton was still there, a guy that was on the podium last year in the pro shifter class, Matt had some issues in qualifying, storming his way, as you, you, know, so you said, Dave, from the very back of the combined G1, G2 uh, heat race grid. Uh, it just seemed like Matt was going to be the guy to beat come main event time. Yeah, he had to start every heat race from the 21st position. So again, it wasn't as bad as what we saw in Pro Shifter and Pro Shifter 2. But again, you have 12 laps to get up there and he was able to finish uh, 5th, 4th, and 5th. So great recoveries for him in those heat races to be able to put himself on the outside of row 2 for the start of the main event when he's got Jordan Musser, John Grother, Bonner Moulton. That's the only three carts he's got to pass in 20 laps. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I think I think I think you put the money on Matt Hamilton for that. Well, it was interesting because because John Grother, we don't know a lot about John, Sodi car driver from Australia. All three hole shots in the heat races too, from the outside of the row one, he was able to get away from 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 uh, Jordan um, and the main event, I believe, as well. Event. Yeah, but he didn't he didn't lead coming out of turn number two, did he? Didn't Matt John? Didn't Matt Hamilton get him by turn two? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was it. So <laughs> was- Gro- yeah, Grother got the uh, the hole shot. So that kind of shook things up, but Hamilton basically came from, I believe what was third and dove to the inside of both Musser and, and Grother to take over the lead going into turn two. So from that point, Hamilton, that was the first time Hamilton had led all week long and never relinquished the spot. Yeah. Matt had some, qual- uh, some uh, breaking issues on the Illuminos uh, that they were able to get dialed in. That was what happened in qualifying, but man, he was, a, he was the guy on the move for sure. Uh, he's the the winner on the Illuminos. Uh, Jordan Musser ends up finishing in the second spot in the Burrell Art. Bonner Moulton back for his 23rd consecutive Super Nationals. We're hearing rumors that that, that might have been his last one. Uh, we're we're going to see if we can't push him to 25, do the even 25. Uh, Ryan Kinnear, uh, strong season as well. Good to see Ryan out there racing a number of events. Didn't do the whole pro tour, but uh, was strong. Ryan on the on the Ricardo ends up finishing in fourth. And John Grother, the Sodi car driver, was impressive all Weekend long, starting from the outside of the front row, ends up P5. David, as you said here in your extras, five different chassis on the podium. Yeah, and what really made Hamilton stand out, he was three-tenths a lap quicker than anybody else on the racetrack. So that's going to be 365 days of homework for the rest of the field to be able to come up with three-tenths of a second. I mean, it was just unreal the speed that he was putting down. and. I, I, you know, I just, it's phenomenal to see what happened, how he was able to do that. But him, him and uh, Rob Soros and the Illuminos crew, they had everything on point except for that qualifying session again, which is a little bit of a break issue that forced him to pull off, but uh, unreal. David's got some good information compiled that we'll, we'll wrap up the, uh, the podcast with in terms of, of the constructors championship or the, 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 chassis that were able to win again another big win here for aluminos in one of the shifter card categories uh moving to the g2 class uh 45 years in age and, and older for the drivers in the, in the shifter class on the 175 cc IME sse uh nathan stewart a guy that i know i picked i think you picked as well to win uh nathan's been a, a strong s4 driver s4 supermasters driver for the last uh, number of years uh he pretty much had the handle on things as well, just like Musser did on the Burrell Arts, uh, just that uh, Stewart was able to to get it done on, on Super Sunday as well. Yeah, but what's challenged in the main yeah. event, something we didn't see throughout the heat races as he kind of got away. Again, they had the mixed field, so he had a bit of an advantage through qualifying, so he was able to start away from his G2 um, compadres. But uh, Brett Harrelson took it to him early on in the main event, actually led the opening three laps before Stewart took it back and then controlled the rest of the way. 
Strong run for him for sure. Uh, Stewart with the win. Harrelson ends up in second. Patrick O'Neill, a great drive to third. Ken Schilling ends up in fourth. And Jonathan Allen, who is a late entry, uh, caps off the top five in the G2 category. He ruined my perfect prediction. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, because you had things handled, didn't you? We had it. We, we almost had, I had the whole thing handled. Uh, yeah, but you didn't. Easy yeah. now, Tex. <laughs> All right, folks, another break. When we get back, let's jump into uh, – let's talk K.A. When we get back, K100 Senior and K100 Junior after this break. Kometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kometic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Kometic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kometic's fiber materials are asbestos-free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two-cycle kit, and Kometic's four-cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kometic gaskets are must haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. You probably know Nitro Kart for making a class leading cadet chassis. The cart that swept the 2018 Scusa Supernats Cadet Divisions and has won scores of races and championships all over the country. But did you know that Nitro Kart offers a full range of carts, including a kid cart and a brand new full-size chassis? Now racers of all ages can enjoy the Nitro Kart advantage of premium components, superior performance, and a wide range of tunable handling. All 2019 Nitro Carts are in stock now, so call Nick Tucker at 704-818-7868 and order yours today. Hi, I'm Ashley Harrow, a multi-time international champion, but most kids know me as coach. Under the tent, we aren't just friends. Everyone grows to become family. It all breaks down to two simple choices. You can either spend your time winning with us or spend your time trying to beat us. Nitro Cars! Race one or chase one! If the dream is IndyCar, set your target on the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Our ladder system is designed to take drivers through three rungs of competition. The first step is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship which features a carbon tub Tatus chassis, 180 horsepower, and paddle shift sequential gearbox. Boost the USF 2000's output to 280 horsepower for the newly named Indy Pro 2000 program, the second rung of the road to Indy, formerly known as Pro Mazda. Add in increased grip and aero downforce, and the Tatus PM18 becomes an incredible racing machine. The final step before IndyCar is the Indy Lights Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The Delara IL-15 boasts a whopping 450 horsepower. This car itself has helped train a third of the grid expected for the 2019 IndyCar Series. 
At all three levels, you race at premier venues on the same dance card as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. The program is unprecedented around the world, offering the opportunity to climb the ladder with over $2 million in scholarships to the champions in USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, and Indy Lights. Former Carters fill the roster of Road to Indy graduates in IndyCar, like Spencer Piggott, Zach Beach, Jack Harvey, Ed Jones, Mateus Laced, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, and 2018 Indy Lights champion Pato Award. Recent graduates, like Kyle Kirkwood, are in the middle of their journeys right now as well. Follow in their footsteps. If you want to race IndyCar, there's only one choice. The Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode number 60 of our EKN Debrief, our race report podcast. Uh, our final one of the 2019 season as we cap off and, and review the Supercarts USA Super Nationals. Of course, our coverage uh, was uh, really 10 days long before we got to the race with all of David's uh, race reports. We did a couple of our new Outlap podcasts. We did all of our EKN Trackside Live coverage brought to you by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy through Super Sunday. The concept was to do the podcast last week. I had no voice. <laughs> I was done. I'm sure David probably could have knocked it out. We had to get the, try to get the script and everything done anyways. But, man, it's uh, it's it, this will be a good way to cap things off. We hope you guys are enjoying listening to the podcast right now. Nobody David, wants to listen to just me talk. Come on now. That's true. This is true. This is true. Hey, listen, two of the let's, let's jump into two of the categories that were the most fun to watch in terms of racing because there was just tremendous battles in both KA100 Senior and KA100 Junior. Exactly what we expected come Super Sunday. But let's, let, let's start with KA100 because – one driver qualifies on pole, but the guy that you and I both picked to win came on strong after that. Ooh, child. Yeah, he did. Uh, Brendan Lemke was just on a mission, it seemed, in the K100 senior category. Missed the setup a little bit in qualifying, ended up seventh in that session. Jake Drew on the comp cart was the quickest out there. We knew Jake was going to be a contender. Uh, I believe we both picked him in our predictions, but, uh, but Lemke just had something that nobody else had throughout the heat races as he came from seventh to win all three heat races yeah. aboard that Franklin Merlin cart. Yeah. It just, they obviously nailed the setup because he just looked so good. It's like he could put the cart wherever he wanted, right? It, it, it was whether it was the inside of one or the inside of two or, or a roll in the outside of two on, on a couple of passes to get the inside line for through number three. He was just, it's like the thing was absolutely on rails. And, it's just perfect for him now. And it was a monster down the straightaway as well, too. It just, it uh it yeah. well it did, maybe he was on a different gear again because you know again we're talking 100 cc engines you know so they're very gear dependent and uh maybe he was i believe he just had the the draft gear on somehow because anytime he got behind somebody he was able to get by get get around him with a good draft so going into super sunday based on what he's done in the heat races everybody had to think lemke's going to be able to just pull away that's what's going to happen it's going to be easy and that probably led to the contact that we had on the opening lap in turn number four. Oliver Calvo on the Praga with leading edge got aggressive. I think he, again, in his mind is, I cannot let this guy lead the opening lap. Otherwise, we're screwed. He tries to make a hardcore move down to the inside of turn number four, ends up climbing up over top of Lemke. And in the process, now, I'm not guaranteed this happened. I haven't seen any video. But in the process, Lemke's pushback bumper gets pushed back as, as I think as Oliver Calvo drives over top of him. Lemke goes back to 16th. 
works his way back forward. But that push bumper, pushback bumper uh, activation was going to be the thing that changed everything. Well, we, we assume that because the whole uh, fairing had been um, yep. ripped off the mount at the front where the, the front bumper is. So we assume, again, we, there's no proof that it happened. We don't know. But we just assume that when the when when Cal, Calvo's cart ran over the nose and the the whole front end of Lemke, it 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 triggered the pushback bumper to uh, to go. So it could be it. It could not be it. We don't know. But again, the contact happened and it dropped Lemke back, and we're thinking, okay, he's done. He's out of the race. Uh, but again, this K100 senior class, there's probably ten guys who had the ability to win. And nobody wanted to work with anybody, so we saw a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, exchanging for the uh, the top position. And that was it. Nobody was working with each other. I, I, you know, at, at one point, Paulie Massimino's out in the lead. Scott Foster's right there. Well, I, I think had they just settled in, they might have been able to push away. Even Joe Jake Drew was in the fight, uh, but they were going back and forth. And we talked about it at the start at this particular track, especially over turn four and turn six. If you're running that inside line. Everybody else is taking a wide berth coming through that corner. That's when things stack back up, and that's essentially what we saw. Massimino, David, led majority of the race, but Scott Foster took uh, took control. Uh, not took control, but took over the lead late in the race. Yeah, he was able to take over the lead, but he was he was pressured heavily by Calvo. Uh, yeah. And then so as they were fighting for position, that brought everybody else back into it. And meantime, Lemke's just charging his way forward, charging his way forward. Reaches gets into the top five within four laps to go and essentially picks off another cart and another cart. And he's right there on the leaders. And as they're fighting for the lead, he's able to take advantage and go to second and then go to first and comes down the, the long straight unchallenged and reaches the checkered flag first. Well, and the, and the tough thing was we'll go to the, the official top five afterwards. The tough thing was that <clears throat> they brought all the, they brought all the carts to a stop before sending them in, into, into the, uh, into the scales over in turn number four. Of course, they send everybody around. Top five guys get called in. They send them around, and when when Brandon gets out of the cart, he knows his pushback has been activated, so he knows he's not going to get the win. So he can feel it. There was no official thing for me to change the, the the results that I had. I had to use the results I had. So we did the podium presentation with Lemke getting the win, and then it gets called in afterward on the podium that he's going to get the penalties. So I made sure I grabbed Polly to get a couple shots with him. A, a tough way to do it. They changed everything after that. You know, right afterwards, we were waiting to call. We, we were waiting for pushback bumper penalties and other penalties before we brought anybody forward. They actually took the time to do that, which actually worked out well in the end. But I'm going to give Pauli Massimino props, Dave. And I, I did that in my my morning coffee that we ran at, you know, after the week after the Supernats. Kid handled it really well because uh, that's not a way anybody wants to win. Uh, he congrat- went over to congratulate Brandon on, on, on his performance and what he did. Then was able to you know smile and for the cameras and, and do what he had to do on the podium, but uh, I was tough for, for Pauly for sure because that's not the way you want to win a Supernats. No, it's not the way you want to. But you know, as we we've seen year in and year out in the X thirty Master category, Tag Master category, sometimes it's decided after the final checkered flag is waved, and yeah. and again, whoever goes home with the trophy goes home with the trophy. They're not able to take that back after <laughs> the trophy's been handed out. And and Pauly Massimino, he put the work in. As we said, he led early on or led a majority of the race actually, and and was right there all week long. Started second. 
was uh, second in qualifying as well. So he he was a contender all week long. It's not something that was gifted to him. It's just how the uh, how the uh, the hand unfolds itself, and uh, it's the way it is. And and Massimino now is a, a super nationals winner, and that's uh, that's something to not uh, to turn away. That's exactly what I was going to, to cap it off with. doesn't matter what happens. He's in the record books as a Super Nationals winner and put in a, a tremendous performance throughout the entire weekend. What do you got uh, What do you got for extras, Dave? Who's your hard charger? Well, it, we didn't, we got to go through the top, oh, five. The top five. So uh, Pauli yep. Massimino was uh, was obviously the winner. Uh, Jake Drew ended up in the second position. Austin Osborne uh, finishing in the third spot. Michael Mischoff coming back, uh, racing with the uh, Rawlinson Performance Group. Ended up in a four spot, and then Lemke with the pushback bumper got down only to the fifth spot. So he was lucky because uh, there was some contact that kind of shook things up in the final lap. Uh, Scott Foster and Oliver Calvo got into it in turn nine, so that kind of allowed the uh, the time gap enough for uh, the rest of the guys who were fighting for position for Lemke to slide in there to the to the fifth spot. All right, now, uh, now hard, hard charge. There you go. Hard charger, Michael Geringer, uh, one we were kind of watching throughout the week, had our onboard from the morning sessions in the wet track in K100 Senior on Wednesday morning. Uh, went from 35th to 10th. So uh, he was able to put three of the Merlins into the top 10 with Josh Holtz finishing ninth. So uh, Lemke fifth, Holtz ninth, Geringer tenth. Uh, really good performance by the Merlin Nation. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, some great racing in both categories, as I said, folks. The 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 K one hundred senior race was amazing. Uh, just I'll remind you if if you want to go back and look at it, it's at the Supercarts USA Facebook page. I think they'll end up putting it up on YouTube after we do the TV broadcast because I'll be voicing the the, the TV broadcast uh, next Monday. That's going to be on the CBS Sports Network, I believe. Uh, but you can go to the Supercarts USA Facebook page, just click on their videos, and all the races are there. I get, go to watch these races. I watched a bunch of them over the past weekend. Um, and it was fun to watch again. But KA100 Junior, David, we knew we were going to have good racing in both KA classes, and the junior drivers did not disappoint at all. No, and we, again, it was one of those categories where nobody really stood out uh, during the qualifying and heat races. We we knew a, a number of the contenders that were going to be there. Uh, obviously, Connor Zillage coming in as a Pro Tour champion, Kiffin Simpson as a as the Pro Tour runner-up. Uh, and then a number of drivers, James Wharton as the defending winner, John Burke coming over and racing K100 for the first time this year. I don't believe he ran it all year long. Uh, so he was pulling the double duty. So there was a lot of guys that uh, were kind of in the mix and we weren't quite sure really who was going to stand out on Super Sunday. Yeah, no doubt about that, David. Connor Zilich, of course, uh, coming out of the gate uh, quickly. I think we both figured Connor was going to be in the fight. He ends up qualifying on the pole. Three different winners in the heat races, though. John Burke. Zilich and James Wharton. And I just kept us guessing because you, you weren't sure who was, who was going to step out front because nobody really was doing that. Nobody was taking control at that point. No, nobody was taking control. And no, it seemed like nobody wanted control in the main event because everything was just kind of, uh, you know, multiple lead changes throughout the race. Uh, I, I forgot to count how many there were, but it really, it, it just, it seemed like every lap, every corner, there was somebody new in the, in the lead. And it just, that's it. That's and it. again, it boiled, it came down to two drivers who weren't really factors throughout the week. Well, who are you talking about? Brent Cruz yeah. and, and, and Kimi, Kimi Antonelli. They uh, ended up starting what, 11th and 12th, got themselves, but didn't they have, didn't they have an incident in one of the races, though, one of the heat races that put them back there? I'm not, I think they, didn't they wreck one of the one of the heats? Uh, well, they both qualified 14th and 17th, so they were kind of in the blender all week long. 
never really, I think Cruz had the best finish of a third in one of the heat races. So they were never really okay. able to get out of where they qualified from. So that kind of, that kind of limited him, but they, they set, they came up on super Sunday. And I think a lot of it had to do with the aggressiveness that we saw in this K 100 junior category. And the racing up front, they were racing really hard. Like you said, they kept passing back and forth. Nobody ever lined up to, to, to try to pull away. And Cruz and, uh, and Antonelli kind of worked together, pushed their way forward. They got to the front. And again, David, you mentioned it earlier, the extended run, right, as well. A longer heat race. Uh, the drivers kind of got more time to get to the front. And the, the, the finish of this one was kind of wild. I was going to say, this one actually went longer, <laughs> longer than it was expected to. Let's talk about uh, that. Yeah, it. Again, I'm. I was in the middle of the race track when when we saw uh, two drivers, and I I don't have their names down. Um, oh, Weston Workman and Ben Taylor, I believe, were the two drivers involved in an incident uh, going through turn four. Now, mind you, turn four is a flat out left hander or turn three, three. Sorry, turn, turn three. three. Yeah. Uh, flat out left hander after you come through turn two. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, the two drivers they got together, went straight off into the wall, and when they went into the wall, uh, it, it it caused uh, uh, some some wall damage. So the drivers they had there was no way to get the the drivers and the carts off the racetrack. So they brought out a full course caution to fix the wall, get the drivers both into safe safe areas because there wasn't really any room to put the carts. Um, so we thought, okay, we, I looked at the the phone, eighteen laps completed. We're, this this race is going to finish under full course caution. Well, yep. it didn't. Uh, Supercarts USA pulled a rabbit out of its hat and decided not to count the yellow laps, which would have concluded as they came around to get the green flag for what what, what I guess they're going to implement now is a green white checkered. Um, and so they implemented a green white checkered, didn't count the yellow flag. So the so the actual race went twenty two laps rather than the twenty it was supposed to. Whatever they decide to do moving forward, there's going to be an adjustment of the rule book. I would think. I don't think that's in the rule book anywhere at this point here for them to hold off. Right? No, so- and and that and that's what that's what's throwing me off. And, and you know, it, it like I said, they pulled the rabbit out of their hat. They decided, well, we're going to go green white checker. Uh, well, that's not in your rule books. It's but again, you race the checkered flag, so you know, I it's it's. It's kind of a gray area, but still, it's like, hey, you know, this is the this is the scheduled scheduled distances that we're supposed to go to. There's no mention in the rule books about not counting yellow flags, and so I think it, you know, that's something that they really need to address because they can't. I, I just don't see. Well, it, I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to um, make rules as you go along at an event such as the super. It's, it's, it's really tough to do, and it, it's a gray area of that of that rule book, right? And that's and not even a gray well, area. It's not in there at all. So. Two two years ago, or t- 2017, last year we were at the uh, the convention center. We had X30 Master Race get cut short because of a water barrier spew- sp- spilling water yep. onto the racetrack. Right. Well, this is a t- same type of scenario. There was there was a caution, full course caution, brought out onto the racetrack. Every race we saw, I think it was almost every single class had a full course caution at one point through the week that lap counted towards the race. It was not discounted towards the number of laps that were run. So that's, that's my beef on it. I really think they should have threw the, the checkered flag and, and ended it under yellow. Um, 
and it made things a little bit chaotic for those last two laps. If I'm not sure. mistaken, Antonelli was leading at that point too and went full course yellow. So he, yes, he would correct. have got the victory. Instead, it ends up being a battle between himself and his uh, teammate, Brent Cruz. Cruz able to make the pass. He gets the race win. Antonelli finishes in second. James Wharton in the third spot, Cole Morgan in fourth, and Max Opalski capping off what's been a pretty strong second half of the season, winning at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. He ends up P5 on the podium uh, in the KA100 Junior Class. All in all, David, it was just a, it was kind of a weird deal. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird finish, but the, the category was a bit rough all week long, as we saw a couple of red flags earlier in the week as well. So um, it was it was a bit weird finish to to the category, and hopefully we'll get this straightened out for for the 2020 season. Because I'd like to not see this type of scenario happen again. It's just it just kind of puts a black eye on the on the race itself. Um, but Connor Zillage actually finished fifth, but was uh, given a blocking penalty, so he got put taken off the podium. Uh, Morgan, Morgan started 21st. Um, he was also. I'm sorry. Maybe that was maybe that was Cole Morgan. Let me get that straight. Hold on. Yeah, Cole Morgan started 21st, so he was able to race his way up onto the podium. Carson Morgan was supposed to be on the podium as well, but he suffered uh, penalties that pushed him off the podium. So that kind of shook those last uh, two positions on the podium uh, after Wharton was was third. What about the Hard Charger Award? Uh, hard Charger Award. This was a, a unique story. Uh, Tyler Wettengel uh, did not race a single heat race uh, due to illness, so he was up in the uh, in the hotel room for the for two days, Friday and Saturday, I believe, um, and and during qualifying because uh, I don't think he even was able to qualify as well. Let me double check that here. Where's my paper? And no, he was not able to qualify. So essentially spent what two and a half days maybe three days in his hotel room trying to uh to get over the a flu bug that kind of hit him and uh, he came back sunday started dead last 48th and worked his way up to the 15th spot without uh, a single lap of racing that's pretty impressive right there i'll tell you especially in this, in this oh, category sure. all right folks yeah when we get back time for another break when we get back we're going to talk uh, x30 junior mini swift and Micro Swift as we get set to wrap up the race report segment of this edition of The Debrief. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. The end of the 2019 season marks the seventh year of the Illuminos brand dominating shifter cart racing here in North America. Illuminos drivers have earned multiple championships and three Super Nationals victories with more success in the future. The Illuminos chassis is designed, tested, and developed for the U.S. market and is yet fully homologated for use around the world. The design features an innovative waste torsion system that provides for unparalleled chassis tuning. The cart is completed with magnesium components and we're the only manufacturer offering 100% ceramic brakes. The Illuminos is easily one of the best-looking carts on the market and it's winning at every level. The Illuminos RS1, Rio, and Estero are the leading models featuring a mixture of tubing size and material. Illuminos also provides packages for 100cc tag competition and four-cycle racing, and we have a successful cadet version as well. American-designed, Italian-manufactured, built for karting in the United States. That's Illuminos. The 2019 season marks the 20th anniversary for PSL Karting, North America's importer and distributor for the legendary Burrell Art brand. 
PSL Carding is your complete source for all things Burrell Art. Providing this top quality product both through their expansive dealer network or through their own PSLCarding.com online store. We have over 100 Burrell Art carts in stock at all times. We can provide you with a turnkey package with an IAMI, Rotax, Rock, or Briggs power plant complete and ready to race. Whatever you need is available 24-7 at our online store, including parts and components, consumables like AMSOIL, Motul, and Rotax XPS engine oil, and Vroom lubricants, Micron data acquisition systems, and Unipro, and of course driver safety gear from Bell, Arai, Freem, and Alpine Stars. Trackside, we're also the karting distributor for Bell Racing USA. Arrive and Drive programs, supported by PSL's experienced staff and our in-house engine program, are available for all major U.S. and Canadian events. When you're ready to win, call PSL Karting or visit one of our dealers. And as always, head to pslkarting.com. Hi, EKN listeners. This is Jeff Wessel from Streeter Superstands. When it comes to lifts and stands for your carts and the largest selection of shop and trailer accessories, we know all about building and giving you the best. The Streeter Superstands crew has over 30 years of experience, are cart racers just like you, and know that the Streeter name stands for durability, affordability, and most of all, quality. We're the original and genuine manufacturer of Bigfoots and Stacker Stands, and we build them right here in the USA, along with our best-selling Streeter Superlift, upright stands, and an ever-growing roster of shop and trailer accessories to outfit any trailer or garage. While some guys pretend to be number one, we prove it every day, every race. Racers demand the best, and Streeter Superstand builds it. Check us out at StreeterSuperstands.com. When it comes to the best in lifts, stands, shop and trailer accessories, and all the cool necessities to make your race day easy and organized, it's all at StreeterSuperstands.com. We innovate, not imitate. Roll with the best right now at StreeterSuperstands.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden alongside David Cole as we continue to actually wrap up the race report segment uh, of this edition of the debrief. Of course, uh, reviewing the Supercart USA Super Nationals. Let's jump in, David, to X30 Junior. I think out of the gate, the biggest story, and we'll touch on it briefly, was the split between qualifying uh, X30 Junior, the slower group qualifying on a, a wet track. Most drivers on slick are on dry, uh, wets, some on the slicks. 12-minute session or a longer qualifying session. That dried the track up, at least the dried racing line. Everybody in the faster group on slick tires. Four-second difference between the, the two groups, which means everything kind of, got, kind of got shook up quite a bit there. Yeah, it was, I believe, four and a half seconds were was the difference between the group Q2 and the Q1 group. So they had to implement the one and a 101% rule and just merge the two groups into the qualifying order. So essentially put fast guys in group A and C and fast and slow, slower groups or slower drivers in groups B and D. So it kind of mixed things up a little bit, but again, there were some quick drivers that uh, were in the Q2 session that just weren't able to get into Q1. So it wasn't too bad. And overall, I think went, went fairly well, but provided some opportunities for some of those that were in Q2. Yeah, drivers are really impressed. Uh, of course, uh, Kimi Antonelli, the, the driver from Italy for Cart Republic and Rosberg Racing, we expected him to be impressive here, and he was. Qualified on the pole. Uh, Freddie Slater, obviously, getting a race, also getting a, a heat race win. Connor Zilich, Luke Lang, 
but I think one of the coolest stories was probably that B versus D group, and that was the slower drivers in qualifying. But Chloe Chambers ended up coming out, David, to, to get a, a heat race win. And it, uh, she obviously didn't back into it. The speed was there because by the time the thing was all, all said and done, she almost won the race. Well, she was she was able to take advantage of the opportunity that presented herself again yeah. because she was in Q2. So she was able to be among the the uh, drivers towards the front at the start of all the heat races and came out with, as you said, a heat win and also two fourth place finishes. So that put her third on the grid for the main event behind Zillage and Luke Lang, who uh, also won a heat race. And uh, and James Wharton, last year's K100 uh, winner in the fourth position. But, you know, as you said, Slater with two wins in two of the heat races, but it was the third heat race that basically uh, uh, took him and uh, Kimmy out of uh, contention as contact between those two in the opening lap of their heat third heat race took them out of the race, put them 18th and 19th on the main event grid. Yeah, definitely changed the entire storyline of the X30 Junior class. When we went main event racing on Super Sunday, James Wharton and Connor Zillich able to get away with Chloe Chambers work right there. They worked together. They pushed away. They did what they had to do. Really, what anybody does in, in these particular uh, races, you're not battling hard. Try to get to the end. Try to see can't drop the guys behind you. They did that. Ended up being an exciting final lap, David. All three of those drivers, three wide into the final corner. Well, she was just able to take advantage of their fighting, really, on that last circuit. She just sat yeah. there, sat back, waited and waited. Got by Wharton uh, early on in the final lap. And then as Zillage ran his defensive line into turn 11, she took advantage with the over-under. And as they came down the straightaway, Zillage tried to block or defend down to the uh, to the inside, but left just enough room for her to get to the inside. And she kicked up all the dirt and dust that was on the inside, and as and they went three wide into the final quarter. And it looked like it might have paid off, and, and Zillage thought he was able to hold her off just enough and actually was celebrating as he was reaching the line uh, from the uh, images we were able to capture from the uh, Supercarts USA uh, video marshalling system. But uh, it actually ended up being Wharton crossing the line first. Yeah, running the outside, did the over-under, or the, the big outside line to get a good run out of the corner. Wharton ends up getting the win. Zilich in second. Chambers a strong third. Fourth was Robert DeHaan on the energy. And Freddie Slater actually jumping up the fourth quickly, David. Uh, but they got a contact penalty that dropped him five seconds at the finish, moving him back to fifth overall. Yeah, he was able to take advantage of a, of a big gap that uh, he was able to establish while running fourth over the fight for fifth. So that gap allowed the uh, the penalty to only be one position and kept him on the podium. Uh, but you got you to gotta believe that there was probably, what, 98% of the paddock cheering on Chloe Chambers, trying yeah. to become the first female driver to win at the Super Nationals. No doubt. Uh, give us your hard charger and any final notes, and we'll, we'll move to Mini Swift. Uh, Diego Conchette. Con- Conteca was the hard charger of the race, 26th to 9th, uh, and he also recorded the fast lap of the race. So this was the actual second victory by Wharton, uh, who won the KA100 Junior category last year. So again, still no female winners at the Super Nationals, but obviously Chloe Chambers matching the uh, or being on the podium. So she adds her name to the list of female podium finishers at the Super Nationals. Yeah, we'll add another one when we get down to uh, the Micro Swift class. Uh, in Mini Swift, David, the final race in the category for Kai Sorensen, a former Scusa Pro Tour Micro Swift champion. He really has been the dominant driver throughout the entire season. He's done so well, won the Pro Tour, one of only two drivers, Pro Tour champions this year to actually win at the Supernats. 
He qualifies on the pole, wins both heat races, but doesn't make it, well, actually makes it onto the racetrack, but ends up getting a DNS in the third heat race because he, he made the, to the track too late. Uh, they had got past the whole field, had gone past the commitment cone. He ends up getting a, a, a DNS, but di- but for him to be able to battle back was amazing. Uh, very. And it, and it, and it goes into question why they get the mechanics away uh, for that one that final one minute. Because again, if you yeah. have a, a starting issue, he had to actually run down the pit lane, grab his mechanic who had ran all the way down to the other end of the of the pit lane from the uh, 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 grandstands, and drag him and get him back to come back to help figure out what was wrong with the engine and why it wouldn't fired. So. Again, Suzu might have to re- rethink some of these rules that that they're implementing that they may think works for works well in certain scenarios doesn't work well in certain other scenarios. So, yeah, you're right. I agree with that. He so Sorensen gets on track as we said, finishes the race, but ends up- I think it was six yeah. after. Yeah, there were some like crazy wrecks that happened on the final lap. He was able to actually work his way up close to the top ten, and then some wrecks took out a number of drivers on that final circuit. He finishes the race six, and then they decide that he is a DNS for the race and should not have been allowed onto the race course. Exactly. So he starts ninth in the main event, quickly working his way forward. He's dialing it in with Enzo Delini. Uh, Austin Jurz was in there as well. But the last the last couple of laps, David, end up being Sorensen and Delini. And Delini was all over him, too. It was, it was some pretty aggressive racing. He ends up getting the lead on the final lap or the, the final run down the straightaway. Another tremendous finish, just like what we saw in X30 Junior. Yeah, Delaney was able to grab the lead going on to the final straight, ran the inside line all the way through to uh, to the final corner. And again, celebrated just a little bit too early, not quite at the line yet, had the hand in the air like he won the victory. But again, Sorensen was able to pull the over-under and get under him, crossing the line 23 thousandths of a second ahead of Deligny. <laughs> It was absolutely crazy. It was a, 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 an amazing move for Enzo to be able to make that run down the inside. And, of course, a big wide berth for uh, uh, for Sorensen. He does the over-under and, and just, just pips him at the line by 23 thousandths of a second, as you said. Uh, another great run for Merlin Nation. Austin Jurors coming home in the third spot. Vinny Phillips uh, for Cart Republic finishes in, in fourth. And Max Garcia, who was in the micro-swift last year, on the podium ends up being on the podium this year in mini swift max had a, a strong season as well last year's micro swift champion yeah we're gonna have a number of uh strong drivers next year in the mini yeah. swift some guys some drivers who are in their second season some guys who are coming up from micro uh very gonna be a very exciting 2020 season in that category okay give us the hard charger in this one uh hard charger was cooper oh man see how, how do you say that name i would just say lyle cooper lyle, lyle? Probably, yep. Leslie? <laughs> I think probably Cooper Lyle. Cooper Lyle. We'll L-I-S- go with Cooper Lyle. See, I, I didn't even look at I just wrote these names. I didn't even look to how to say their names. So uh, <laughs> Cooper Lyle and the Cart Republic went from 41st to 16th. Uh, so he was hard charger. And again, as you said, Sorensen, one of two Pro Tour champions to win at the Super Nationals this year. Well, and let's talk about... Uh, the, the micro swift category, David, to cap off the race report brought to you by acceleration cart racing, Spencer Conrad came out of the gate and you know, we're, we're saying this kid's got it. And you picked him to I win. Picked him to win Qual- it. Qualifies on pole, uh, ends up winning the first two heat races. Austin olds, uh, gets the third heat race. They joined us actually on the EKN debrief live, uh, at the bar the one night, <laughs> um, as well, coming in to say hi, but Conrad was great. Didn't all work out the way in the end, but he was strong from the get go. 
No, Conrad was able to break away early, but was caught up by the two CRG drivers of Enzo Nienkotter, son of three-time winner Leonardo, and um, uh, Gabriel... Koenigan. Koenigan. I knew how to say it. I just couldn't say it. Koenigan. Uh, they were able to actually run him down, and uh, as they were fighting for the lead in the last few laps, it kind of brought the second group back into the mix. So I think we had maybe seven or eight carts right there in the lead group for the last lap. Um, yep. And so it was another. It was a great move uh, for uh, eventual winner uh, Bradley uh, Majman, 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 yep. uh, who kind of pulled off a. Oh, who did it last year? Um, uh, not Christian Brooks. Um, who did it last year? Oh, Ben Cooper going ben from Cooper. Uh, going from third yep. to first in that turn four corner uh, because both uh, uh, I believe it was Coop, Conrad and. Um, Neen Cotter were fighting for the uh, for the lead there, and uh, Majman just slid under and was able to uh, to drive away as they continued to continue to fight for the second spot behind him, and uh, drove away to uh, to the victory for the uh, for the Aussie. Yeah. yeah. So Majman ends up with the win in the with the Kart Republic. Ava Hansen on the Merlin, David. The like I said the best finishing female in the history of the of the race, tying Saber Cook for finishing second on the podium. That's pretty solid for Ava Hansen. Yeah, she was able, she was in that second group that caught the leaders. And then as they were fighting for second, she did another, I, I think she went from fourth to second coming down the straightaway and through the final corner. So she was able to cross the line in second ahead of another pack of carts uh, behind her that included uh, Spencer Conrad finishing third, uh, Luis Umana in, in fourth, and uh, Konigan in, uh, in the fifth spot. So what about your hard charger? Who we see coming from deep in the field? Uh, Jan Philip Krull in the GFC. So the first time a GFC cart cadet model has been uh, on the racetrack at a Super Nationals. He drove from the 49th spot to 23rd. Uh, as you said, Hansen was able to tie the best female finish at the Super Nationals of Sabre Cook in 2012. And first win for Australia in the Michael Swift category. So now we've had four different country countries win the category in as many in as many years. All right, folks, final break of the action here. David and I will be back. We'll talk constructors championship. We'll uh, he can trash talk me about my predictions and we'll wrap things up. Stay with us, folks. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Are you a cart shop owner looking for a new line of products to put on your sales shelf? If so, it's time to make a call to Courtney Concepts. Courtney Concepts is pleased to offer the entire AF radiator line of products, including radiators, radiator mounts, water pumps, hoses, and IAMI X30 radiator curtains. Courtney Concepts is also a distributor for a number of popular products used every weekend at the cart track, including Motul Oil, RK and Regina Chain, and NKP. Other products that Courtney Concepts is proud to distribute include Ico bearings, coil bearings, ARS oil seals, XAM sprockets, and Frixa brake rotors and pads. Courtney also distributes MC racing silencers and Opama hour meters. For more information on all the products we distribute, head to CourtneyConcepts.com.
Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden and David Cole wrapping things up here. Uh, the final EKN debrief of the year as we review the Scusa Super Nationals from Las Vegas in late November. I already went through the race reports. It's, uh, David, let's have a look, a brief look here at the kind of Constructors Championship breakdown. Give me a scoop on who won races, how many of they won at the Super Nationals. Cap things off that way with, with, uh, with Constructors. Well, we said it was going to be a historic event, and it certainly was, especially in the uh, Constructors area. 11 different brands winning at the Super Nationals. So that's wow. the most we've ever had at the Super Nationals. So essentially, only one cart or one brand was able to score two wins, and that was Cosmic with X30 Senior and K100 Junior, uh, and earning its eighth win, seventh and eighth win overall at the Super Nationals. Uh, Illuminos, another great, uh, another great performance. We've talked about them. They've got four wins uh, in their in their history at the Super Nationals. A couple with with Billy Musgrave, Matt Hamilton getting another one for them here. He also won in the S four class back in two thousand and thirteen. So Matt Hamilton bringing Illuminos their fourth win. Yeah, Croc Promotion earning their first ever at the Super Nationals with Billy Musgrave winning the Pro Shifter category. So they'll be um, they were the only brand that actually scored their first win at the Super Nationals. Yeah, Car Republic getting their second, as David mentioned before. James Wharton winning last year in the debut of KA100 Junior for Cart Republic. Bradley Majman, another one of the Aussies. It's interesting that both, both winners for Cart Republic, David, Australian drivers as well. It is very unique. I did not yeah. notice that until you just said that. Uh, Comp Cart uh, winning yeah. its third ever in its young life. Uh, Race Liberante winning Pro Shifter 2. Josh Carr and Chris Wart- uh, Walton won in the 2017 addition winning x30 senior and x30 master that year definitely a couple of big wins from the formula k category or formula k chassis as well danny formal a huge win for them in the kz class it's their second uh win at the super nats for formula k gary carlton of course winning kz back in 2015 so they've essentially won what's that uh, two of the last five races right pretty solid for formula k yeah, in the KZ category, yeah. So, yeah. so that's uh, very unique because we again it, we've seen that with a number of years with uh, a couple brands standing out. We used to see Tony Cart and Sodi Cart go against each other. Uh, so we'll see what the uh, the future holds for that category. Uh, Burrell Art uh, winning its twelfth at the Super Nationals. If you include the old Burrell brand, uh, this is the first since two thousand sixteen with Nathan Stewart winning in the G two category. Uh, Kip Foster and his KF cart, uh, their second ever win with the KF cart, uh, a repeat in the X30 Masters category. Well, in the Parallel class, in the Parallel chassis, James Wharton, we already talked about Wharton, uh, winning for Cart Republic, but Wharton winning on the Parallel, uh, this year, uh, the third win at the, at the Super Nationals for, for, uh, for Parallel and a couple of, uh, we'll go last year to Leonardo Lorandi and KZ. And then you got to go back a couple more years to Jim Russell and X30 Master. Yeah, that, that, a little bit of a ways back, and <laughs> not too back far there. back. Not too far. It was hey, it was at least at the Rio still, right? That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, FA Cart winning uh, for a third time at the Super Nationals this time with Brent Cruz in the K100 Junior category. Uh, first was a Connor Wagner in 2013 in the S2 division, and most re- recently was Jack Crawford in X30 Junior in 2017. I'll cap it all off, David, with Tony Cart. They've won a couple of times. A few. <laughs> go for it uh 34 to be exact uh, rob uh 34 total super nationals wins by tony cart uh kai Sorensen picking up the victory in mini swift this is the third in the cadet division for tony cart all right david we, we're done with the constructors championship i know the next thing on our list is to talk about the predictions and how we did 
<clears throat> at least I won. I think at least I won one class, right? Overall, I'll make it short and sweet for you. Yeah, you did win one where you scored higher than I did. That was Mini Swift, and that had to do with you picking Kai Sorensen to win. So that did help you uh, in that category. Unfortunately, <laughs> I scored higher in four other categories, including KA100 Junior, G1, G2, and Pro Shifter. Uh, I had Musgrave winning Pro Shifter. You did not. I had Matt Hamilton winning. Um, no, it, I don't think it was Matt Hamilton. I'll, let me look at the sheet now again. Uh, yeah, you, you, yeah, we, bo- we, both, we both had, had Hamilton, we both had but Hamilton. I had I had Miss Musser finishing second, so that helped me yeah. there. G two, I was almost perfect. Jonathan Allen ruined everything for me. He ruined that one point I could have got if uh, he would have let Carl Lewis finish fifth, but he didn't. Uh, but even there, still, I had first, second, third, and fourth, where you only had first and second in their <clears throat> proper positions. Let's say this though. Hold on. You, yeah, you beat me, but we both we both had thirty one drivers finishing in the top. Five. We did. We matched there. We were even. We were, and that was actually one of the best percentages we've had since doing this with fifty two percent. Guessing fifty two percent of the top five finishers, so it was pretty good overall for both of us. But again, you know, it's that two tenths where I'm quicker than you. Uh, I'm. I'm at least I was at least four ten three tenths quicker this time around because I had four three more categories better than you. Well, and let's let's bring this up. I also got screwed with the fact that Blair Hosey had entered the race I, and then decided not to come, and I picked him in the top five. But Pro Two, but look at Pro Two. We uh, Pro Two. Hold on, where's Pro Tour? We had the same Number score, so I, it's a wash. I, we both had it, Austin Garrison and Pro Shifter, and that was a wash because we we both had him and he didn't raise it. No. No, I disagree with you. So because <laughs> so anyway, no, I'm not done talking about how well I did. And then I beat you in K100 Junior, where I had fifth place correct, and you did not. <laughs> Plus, I had four of the five, and you only had three of the five there. So that's true. That's, you got me. You got me, dude. Congratulations. Again, well done. Again, I'm I, I'm better. It's okay. It's just All admit right, it. Whatever works. Whatever All works right. for. All right, let's wrap <laughs> things up. We got about ten minutes left of this thing to, to wrap things up. Uh, six first time winners. At the Super Nationals, David, let's talk more about what, how many how many countries do we have all total? Uh, five countries represented at the top of the podium this year. Five wins for USA, one for Costa Rica, two for New Zealand, three for Australia, and of course the Canadian getting one victory. So go Canada, go Leafs! Yeah, so, yeah big big money too. Got, got some cash. Uh, four wins for Kart Sport North America. Pretty solid uh, weekend for Eric Jones and the crew there. All four different chassis as well. They won on the Kart Republic, the KF Kart, the FA, and the Parallel, all under the Kart Sport North America tent for this year's Supernat. So all in all, pretty good weekend for that crew. Yeah, it was a really busy tent anytime you went in there. It was uh, action all over the place. You had Kart Republics over here. You had the Parallel. You had a couple of the uh, FA and OTK carts over here. So it was a little bit, uh, a bit of a chaotic tent, but a successful tent. No doubt about that. Uh, interesting uh, that you brought up only four of the Super Sunday pole sitters end up scoring victories. Billy Musgrave, Nathan Stewart, Race Liberante, and Kip Foster. That's that's a, Again, people always want to qualify on the pole. You want to get there. But it really didn't transfer totally into getting the race wins, which was which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Only thirty three percent winning. Yeah, I, th- the, I think the two more more heartbreaking ones were Kremers and um, and Musser. I think those were the uh, yeah. the two that could have broke it even. So it could have been six. But uh, yeah, those were those were heartbreakers for sure. 
one of the cool things of this year. We've been waiting for it to happen, David. We, we mentioned it already in, in the in the podcast. Three four time winners now for the Super Nationals. Connor De Felipe has held that position uh, by himself for over ten years. So uh, it was good to see some more guys come rolling in. And uh, yes, Kip Foster and Billy Musgrave joining with their victories this year. Yeah, the unique thing about it is Musgrave is the only one to win on three different chassis brands. He won yeah. Tony Kart in the S2 division. Uh, the last two wins he had on Illuminos and now this year with Croc Promotion. Indeed, indeed. Uh, a couple of two-time winners winning back-to-back in two different years as well in two different categories this year, Dave. Talk about uh, Wharton and Cruz. Yeah, we talked about Wharton a lot, uh, being the KA100 winner last year. This year, able to uh, to edge out for the win in X30 Junior. So that's two wins, two different categories. Brent Cruz, last year's mini-swift winner, moved up to the junior ranks this year uh, and was able to score the victory in that controversial KA100 Junior victory. Uh, but still, victory for him, two for two for him at the Super Nationals, and Wharton two for two. Well, not really two for two because he he didn't win in K one hundred junior. So <laughs> that's true. Fair I enough. thought I had a, a good saying, but not not, not so much. <laughs> so to cap things off about the number of winners, one less in the three win club. Obviously, we move both Foster and and, and Musgrave up to the, the three win club. But Danny Formal now becomes a three a three win driver. Uh, there's there's what eleven guys who have scored. Uh, three wins at this particular at this particular event, the Super Nationals. Uh, we're talking about Alex and Scott Speed, Paolo DeCanto, Michael Valiante, Marco Artigo, uh, Leonardo Nincotter, Jimmy McNeil, Jeff Luttrell, Darren Elliott, and Bonner Moulton. Pretty impressive run uh, for those drivers. Folks, we're going to cap things off here right now with the EKN Trackside Live race calendar brought to you today by CRG Nordam. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. After years of independent American importers, CRG Nordam is now managed directly by the factory and run out of the state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and they're serious about success. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. So folks, going to wrap things up here. We're now on to 2020. Unsure of the uh, total amount of races that we'll be running here uh, going to next year. We're setting things up, figuring out what uh, programs we're going to be at. But the bottom line is, for sure, coming out of the gate in January, we'll be at the Scusa Winter Series at AMR uh, Motorplex in Homestead, of Florida. I'll be down to that one. And David Cole and I will be heading to Tucson, Arizona for the opening round of the Challenge of the Americas at Muscleman Honda Circuit in Tucson, as I said. Folks, that wraps up this particular edition of the podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. It's been a great time at the Super Nationals. David Cole uh, did a fantastic job with all the coverage. Uh, just an amazing uh, a week at the Super Nats, bringing more and more content, new stuff that we haven't had in the last number of years. Uh, but, folks, we are done wrapping up here. Thank you so much for joining us. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. 